I am very honored in Booth 61 this morning to have as my first guest the recipient of this year's 2015 Lifetime Achievement Award, Mr. James Dallas. Good morning, James. Morning, Ricky. It is a privilege to have you here. I have had the, I guess, the, the joy of knowing you for eight, ten years now, and um, everywhere you are is magic. Uh, your, uh, your personality, your wisdom, your wit, uh, and your forward thinking has, has differentiated you in this marketplace very quickly. Well, Ricky, thank you for the kind words. You're actually giving me more credit than I actually deserve. I've been fortunate to be put in situations in which I'm around outstanding people who already know what needs to be done. And all they need for me to do is to help them get it done. <laughs> well, tell me, uh, how, does this, um, how does this feel? Because you're still a young man. I mean, you've been around a long time, but you've still got the energy of a 22-year-old. Lifetime achievement, that's a pretty uh, awesome thing, I would think. Well, uh, not only awesome, but also overwhelming. I always refer to myself as an ordinary person who's living an extraordinary life. And the only thing that I can attribute that to is, uh, well, I have three principles that I lead my life by. One is to never limit myself. The second is to never make it all about myself. And by doing those first two things, I'm never all by myself. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, I had the privilege a couple of weeks ago to attend uh, a book signing at the 191 Club for a brand new book that I have found fascinating, Mastering the Challenges of Leading Change, Inspire the World, Succeed Where Others Fail. Mr. H. James Dallas, one and the same, is the author. Tell us a little bit of why you decided to write this book, James. Well, the, the, the way the book came about is it, it, quite interesting. I've always believed that the number one role of a leader is to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And in order to make a difference, you have to be able to lead change. And when I think back on my career, my first efforts at leading change weren't that successful. <laughs> That's where you learned. Yes, absolutely. And I got a master's degree and a PhD uh, in that process. And it, and it made me realize that traditional methodologies on change management did not factor in enough the political and the people dimensions of change. Mm -hmm. And it caused me to write the book because a lot of change especially transformational change, is enabled by IT. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't work, normally it's the CIO <laughs> that's disabled. <laughs> okay. So I actually did a presentation to a group of CIOs about how to lead change. And the title was, of it was, How to Be a Change Agent and Live to Tell the Story. Mm -hmm. Well, little did I know there was an author in the audience. And the author said, you know, you need to turn this into a book. And the person who was taping the section, session actually said, you know what, I've taped a lot of people, but the stories that you tell and the way that you talk about your successes, your failures, your lessons learned, uh, those are things that people can benefit from, and you need to write a book. So I wrote a book. Well, it has um, uh, been highly received. Everyone I've spoken to and the people that I've actually bought extra copies for and given to it, everybody likes it because... It's not just a book, an educational book that uh, is point A, point B, point C, but it's who the inside of James Dallas is all about. It's a personal testimony to what hard work and perseverance will achieve. 
and the mentorship. Um, and I think that uh, having heard you speak before, uh, why don't you address this a little bit for the audience because we'll have people listening all over the world today uh, and later by download. Uh, who were some of the early mentors in your life that, that had an impact? Well, and that goes back to how I've been able to be ordinary and live extraordinary. extraordinary. The, the first mentor I had that made a tremendous difference in my life was my grandmother. Mm -hmm. Didn't even get through grade school, but mm -hmm. was the wisest person I ever met. And she was the one who instilled in me to never limit yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't let us. If she saw you going down that, what I call limit one-way road, mm -hmm. she was going to pull you by your collar and take you to the open freeway. Mm -hmm. So my mother, and then I had a counselor. His name was Mr. Prather. Mm -hmm. And he was the one that really got me thinking about what I could do. Mm -hmm. So the mentors opened up my mind. Mm -hmm. Then I got sponsors who then opened up the minds of other people about me mm -hmm. and doors for me to come through. I know Pete Carell, uh, CEO of Georgia Pacific, has had a big influence and impact on your life. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, Pete has, was, was just, has been so outstanding. Uh, when I was coming up through Georgia Pacific, I joined there as a cost accountant, then became a programmer trainee, mm. and eventually became an officer. And it was all because of Pete. One by watching him from afar, just seeing him lead, because he led Georgia Pacific through a transformation. Correct. Okay. And to see the tough decisions he made, the way he communicated with authenticity was just impressive. And then the thing that impressed me the most about Pete, he was all about talent. And he was about talent regardless of color, regardless of sex, before there was anything called diversity and inclusion. If you performed, you were going to get opportunities at George Pacific. So Pete Carrera, I owe him a lot. Jim Bostic, I owe him a lot. Pat Bernard, there are so many people. And those were the people at the higher levels that I owe a lot. Then uh, there are the people who took me under their wings when I was this green rookie who had good intentions but was getting wrong results <laughs> and pulled me to the side and said, James, here's how to do it. And those were people like Gabe Lance, Al Jackson, that stayed up all night with me at times in which my programs didn't work to get them to work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If um, some of our audience will be some of the newer generation technologists, not to the CIO level or even mm -hmm. to the number two or three slot, but programmers or people who are now managers or, or directors over a small operation, what advice would you give them in how to continue in their career and, and have an impact? Uh, well, one is to be a lifelong learner. That means you ask more questions than you give answers. The second one is never let your title describe and confine what you do. Mm -hmm. You have a job responsibility, not a job description. Okay? <laughs> and take a step out from the technology and spend more of your time with the end users. Be it your customers. See how, what they're trying to accomplish. Because IT is more than just information technology. It's about the insights. And then being able to take those insights and turn them into action. So I was fortunate 
back to my grandmother uh, teaching and just emphasizing never to limit yourself to to be able to think about my role as from a standpoint of how I can impact the end results. So whether you're a programmer, whether you're a manager, whether you are the CIO, it's your responsibility to get out there on the front line and to come up with ways to make it where people can do their jobs better, easier, and faster. Well, James, you're a CIO, well-renowned, uh, a book author, uh, uh, one of the most dynamic public speakers I've heard. Uh, what's next? Uh, you're, you're, you're too young, you're not fixing to, to retire anytime soon, so uh, what's next for James Dallas? Well, it, it, it's to create more James Dallas's. See, I'm an inner city kid mm -hmm. that through mentors and sponsors has lived a life that's just outstanding. So given that there's nothing special about me, there are a lot of kids out there in urban and rural settings who are special mm -hmm. that with the right opportunities can go and do great things. So that's my focus. And then the second focus is on back to leading change. Since IT is at the heart of change, by uh, getting in, the, letting CIOs know about the political and the people dynamics of it and how to navigate them, that means that the success rate is going to be higher. And here's why it's so important that the success rate is higher. IT is fundamentally changing both education and healthcare. Fundamentally changing in a manner in which we can extend the reach, we can improve the outcomes, and we can lower the cost. So I'm focused on working with nonprofits that, have, that, are, uh, that are targeting education and also healthcare. Now, my greatest passion is with the food bank. I'm a board member of the Atlanta Community Food Bank and a, and a great volunteer there. Yeah, I was fortunate to meet Bill Bowling and Bill just inspired me. I went to the food bank a week after meeting him, and when I saw what the food bank did, and personally growing up, I, know, I knew what it meant to go to school hungry. You cannot learn if your stomach is growling. No question. So to get out there and provide people that hand up, you know, once I eat, then I can be educated, <laughs> okay? So that's why first, let's feed those in need. And then let's engage and empower them through education. Well, that is great. Um, needless to say, um, there's probably a thousand people here, and every single one of them want to shake your hand and congratulate you. So uh, even though I'd like to keep this going another 15, 20 minutes, I know that would be very unfair to you and to the rest of the folks. But, but in closing, um, share a, a couple of minutes or uh, or kind of vision for for your future and not only your future but the future of of those in the technology community particularly in atlanta as opposed to across the country um, yep in closing i first want to thank you ricky ricky i know this interview has been about me but i'm gonna flip the script okay <laughs> ricky is another one of those people that comes into your life when you're trying to make things happen I never forget when Ricky first came into my life. He saw me in a meeting, in a room, uh, again, green, even though by that time I was in my late 40s. 
And he came over and the way he just welcomed me, it made me feel like I was the most special person there. That's a gift. So I want to thank you. Thank you. Now, IT is also a gift. And IT is a bridge builder. And when you can build bridges, then you get people to cross them. And when they cross them, great things happen. So the IT community has got to continue moving Georgia forward. It's funny, I went from uh, accounting into IT when I saw my first personal PC. Mm -hmm. Back years ago, the Commodore, that was in, Commodore, yeah. Yeah, in 84. And it's funny, at that time, I did not know what, where things were going, but I did know what was going to cause them to move. And it's IT. And IT is what's going to cause Georgia not only to continue to move, but to continue to grow. To grow in the areas of high tech, to grow in the areas of STEM, and grow in the areas of education and healthcare. It is up to us because IT is always the enabler. Well, I think I'm very excited about the future and very excited about having you back in Atlanta from your little excursion out to the, the Midwest for a bit. Um, happy to have you back in Atlanta and, and involved in the Food Bank and TechBridge and GCLA uh, and being a catalyst for change, not only to teach it, to be a living example of it. And uh, I do not think GCLA could have done any better job of picking a Lifetime Achievement Award winner for today than Mr. James Dallas. And it's been a privilege to be with you this morning, James. Thank you, Ricky. The honor has been mine. God bless. Have a great rest of the day. Savior.